much every loser's anthem out there, um, mine included. Uh, that was Born Ruffians, I Need a Light Life, off of their album Red, Yellow, and Blue. Um, so it's come to my attention that this band actually performed, not this band, not Born Ruffians, excuse me, but another band, um, called garlic man and chicken they performed at they performed in oakland at a warehouse party and i went a little too hard thursday night and couldn't make it to friday's occasion i'm bummed out because these ladies sound a lot like the satisfaction amongst others and i guess they bring an a terribly just tight 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 professional act if you can get a chance explore them they're seattle based um but there's a lot of lovely music com- coming from seattle these days i'm gonna play you a song dtf and it's about ladies loving ladies so if you're a lady and you love ladies here it's all about Digging on, on ya, yeah. digging, digging ya out. T, T is for taste. 
tasty, tempting, teasing. F is for frontin', girl, that's not what I'm about. I'm DTF and proud, if you isn't, say it loud. I can take off yours and you can take off mine. I'm like, oh my friggin' shit, you are seriously fine. After this, you'll go do yours and I'll go and do mine. This might be our only shot and I hope you cross the line. You are the shit and I'm so into it. You came in quick and you made the game switch. Now come here, baby boo, yeah, I'm so into you. There's so much we can do.
So, recently I've been watching this documentary series on the 1960s in American culture and how it's affected us ever so deeply. Um, and in the current day era, you know, people don't trust our government. We don't trust authorities. Um, if it comes from a politician, it's usually crooked and driven by money. Um, that's the initial thought. It's hard to trust the government. That's why people want so little of it or more socialized and like democratic processes. But something that actually struck me of interest was the fact that um, the first episode of the 60s, it's just called the 60s documentary series, was uh, it covered, excuse me, the, the documentary covered the assassination of John F. Kennedy um, and the politics involved and how America was absolutely shocked, A, by this, two, by Lee Harvey Oswald, and three, by the man who shot Lee Harvey Oswald as he was on his way to court. So Lee Harvey Oswald actually like never, you know, was tried. We don't know if it was him. We don't, you know, there's a lot of evidence pointing to him saying that he was the sniper in the video. He was a, he was an ex-Marine. Um, he actually worked in that building at the, uh, publishing company in which, you know, uh, in which the vid, excuse me, in which the window was. Um, but for so many reasons, um, Lee Harvey Oswald was never tried. Um, and the man who killed Lee Harvey Oswald was a club owner in, in Texas, in Dallas, Texas. Um, but um, he was very closely linked. There's a lot of people who think that this man was very closely linked to the CIA and that, you know, how out of anyone could he have gotten so very close uh, to, to Lee Harvey Oswald at that time? Um, and America was like, they wanted answers. They wanted to know who killed JFK. There's all of this conflicting evidence. There are a lot of people out there who said that they knew who did it. Um, and this documentary series, long story short, um, stated that the assassination of John F. Kennedy was the first time in America where Americans, A, were shocked, and B, started to lose their trust in authority and in government and in the way that things were run. And it's really interesting because if it weren't for JFK's assassination, it makes me really wonder how much trust we'd still have or the turning point of things. Like, would this song have come out? <laughs> How would America have gone um, if JFK were never assassinated? Would we still be blindly following? No, of course we wouldn't. You know, that was so long ago. Um, politics are corrupt and so are people. Um, but it's just something to really think about. Um, my name is Andrea. We're coming up through the second hour of this show. Um, it's been marvelous. You were just listening to Jefferson Airplane, and so was I. Um, but, you know, let's bring it back a little bit. Let's bring it to the forward tense. Um, this song is called Queens, and it's by The Satisfaction.
face at the door Turn off your swag and check your bag From your limbs to your timbs, get down But whatever you do Jack. Thing ain't locked. 
came through the block and everything that's fly I'm like, take a barrel with bling on, I'm complex I never claim to have wings on, nigga I get my by any means on Whenever there's a drought, get your umbrellas out because that's when I brainstorm You can blame Sean, but I ain't inventing the game I just rolled the dice trying to get some change And I do it twice, ain't no sense in me lying as if I am a different man And I can blame my environment, but ain't no reason why I be buying expensive change Like I ain't on the ass. The Marcus Stewart that's far from Jewish, far from a heart. 
had the balls to do it. And no, I'm not through with it. In fact, I'm just previewing it. This ain't the show, I'm just EQing it. One, two, when I won't stop abusing it. To groupie girls, stop false accusing it. Back to the music, the main back group is translucent. Niggas got a problem, Houston. What up, D? They can't shut up, D. Shut down, I even P.E. I'm a ride. God forgive me for my brash deliveries. But I remember vividly what these streets did to me. So picture me, let these clowns nitpick at me. Paint me like a picnic. I would literally kiss T.T. in the forehead. Tell him, please forgive me to squeeze into your forehead. I'm not the one that scored points off the track. Knock your points off, young hope of the guard, nigga, blasphemy. I'm at the Trump International, ask for me. I ain't never scared, I'm everywhere, you ain't never there. Nigga, why would I ever care? Pound for pound, I'm the best to ever come around here. Excluding nobody, look what I embody. The soul of a hustler, I really ran the street. A CEO's mind, that market is playing with me. And no, I ain't been shot up a whole bunch of times. I'll make up shit in a whole bunch of lines. Like say a Busta Rhymes But the real shit you get when you bust down my lines Add that to the fact I went plat a bunch of times Times that by my influence on pop culture I'm supposed to be number one on everybody list We'll see what happens when I no longer exist Fuck. What more can I say?
yeah, so that song was uh, also frightened by Animal Collective. I'm kind of frightened what I was into in college. Maybe I should have put the bong down a little more frequently, but there you have it, folks. Animal Collective. We're almost done here. Um, I know this song is about like looking back. This show is about looking back and understanding what you have or what you had or what you lost or what you gained as a result of all the three combined. Um, it's been such a fucking pleasure. More like an emotional journey. Except if you're on mushrooms, or excuse me, if I'm the one that's on mushrooms, I hope that you're able to connect with me because I feel like I'm connecting with you all. <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to stop trying to seduce a microphone as much and play the next fucking track. This song is off the Pot of Gold Remixes album by Alice, Alice Russell. Not, no, 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 no. Not this song. Not this song. This song is off the Pot of Gold Remixes by Alice Russell, y'all. It's called Let Us Be Lovin'.
sick of this man let's just listen to some gay pop like fuck i thought i could get all deep and emotional with the beatles i thought it was gonna be great you know but let's just listen to some fucking gay icelandic pop
of Icelandic gay pop just you know always makes me feel so much better my name's Andrea um this has been my show it's been a fucking pleasure uh per usual all requests were granted um but as I mentioned previously today's show is on reflection and there's nothing like Everybody's free to wear sunscreen by Baz Luhrmann. Um, if you haven't heard it by me, or you haven't, if you haven't heard me play it, um, you know now is a great time to start listening because I listen to this song once every three months. Call me redundant, I don't give a shit. You should listen to it too. Um, it's been played here and there on Psycho Gutter too at Mutiny Radio. So if you get a chance, listen to her shit as well. But here we go, here we go. Um, let's see Ladies where this flows. And of the class of 99 wear sunscreen if i could offer you only one tip for the future sunscreen would be it the long-term benefits of sunscreen have been proved by scientists whereas the rest of my advice has no basis more reliable than my own meandering experience i will dispense this advice now enjoy the power and beauty of your youth oh never mind you will not understand the power and beauty of your youth until they faded but trust me in 20 years you look back at photos of yourself and recall in a way you can't grasp now how much possibility lay before you and how fabulous you really looked you are not as fat as you imagine don't worry about the future, or worry, but know that worrying is as effective as trying to solve an algebra equation by chewing bubblegum. The real troubles in your life are apt to be things that never crossed your worried mind, the kind that blindsides you at 4 p.m. on some idle Tuesday. Do one thing every day that scares you. Sing. Don't be reckless with other people's hearts. Don't put up with people who are reckless with yours. Floss. Don't waste your time on jealousy. Sometimes you're ahead, sometimes you're behind. The race is long, and in the end, it's only with yourself. Remember compliments you receive. Forget the insults. If you succeed in doing this, tell me how. 
Keep your old love letters. Throw away your old bank statements. Stretch. Don't feel guilty if you don't know what you want to do with your life. The most interesting people I know didn't know at 22 what they wanted to do with their lives. Some of the most interesting 40-year-olds I know still don't. Get plenty of calcium. Be kind to your needs. You'll miss them when they're gone. Maybe you'll marry. Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll have children. Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll divorce it for 75th wedding anniversary. Whatever you do, don't congratulate yourself too much or berate yourself either. Your choices are half chance. So are everybody else's. Enjoy your body. Use it every way you can. Don't be afraid of it or what other people think of it. It's the greatest instrument you'll ever own. Dance. Even if you have nowhere to do it but in your own living room. Read the directions, even if you don't follow them. Do not read beauty magazines. They will only make you feel ugly. Get to know your parents. You never know when they'll be gone for good. Be nice to your siblings. They're your best link to your past and the people most likely to stick with you in the future. that friends come and go but with a precious few you should hold on work hard to bridge the gaps in geography and lifestyle because the older you get the more you need the people you knew when you were young live in new york city once but leave before it makes you hard live in northern california once but leave before it makes you soft travel Accept certain inalienable truths. Prices will rise. Politicians will philander. You too will get old. And when you do, you'll fantasize that when you were young, prices were reasonable, politicians were noble, and children respected their elders. Respect your elders. Don't expect anyone else to support you. Maybe you have a trust fund. Maybe you'll have a wealthy spouse. But you never know when either one might run out. Don't mess too much with your hair, or by the time you're 40, it will look 85. Be careful whose advice you buy, but be patient with those who supply it. Advice is a form of nostalgia. Dispensing it is a way of fishing the past from the disposal, wiping it off, painting over the ugly parts, and recycling it for more than it's worth. Trust me, on the sunscreen. Stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite. I'm gonna guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. What? Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby! There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby! Good, because I'm so...
so excited by this that I may never sleep again. And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4AltaCalifornia.com. That's 4AltaCalifornia.com for a non-addictive pharmaceutical-free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4AltaCalifornia.com. Are you tired of swimming through a the status of journalists or not journalists? Yeah, yeah. It's like you know, it seems to me a little bit like the um, the fox watching the hen house, as they say. Um, but after the second arrest, I kind of was just like, "This is I can't keep doing my job." Uh, I keep getting kidnapped by the state. Yeah. So. <laughs> So uh, I applied for uh, credentials, and then they expired. And honestly, since then, I've, I've been doing less reporting on sort of demonstrations and marches and more um, stuff around uh, Guantanamo and, and refugees and things like that. So I haven't personally seen a lot of that, though I know, obviously, it, like in, in Ferguson, for instance, yeah. um, a close friend of mine um, got shot by the police with rubber bullets as he was approaching them with his hands up. Uh, and he's a he's a white guy, so you know that they were trigger happy if they were doing that. And he was saying press. Yes. So, yeah. you know, that's just like one one of many many examples of uh, of, of recent uh, literal attacks on on press. Oh, oh, oh. So, um, so speaking of uh, I guess Guantanamo, what's happening there, if anything at all? Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you 
got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> yeah. Want to go to Burning Man, but you don't have the right goggles, costume, or attitude? Visit 20 Mission Hive at 2415 Mission Street between 20th and 21st in the heart of the Mission District. Easily accessible by BART, this collective of unique artists and vendors has eclectic handmade clothing, leatherwork, artisan jewelry, antiques, crystals, and there's even an amazing florist. Whisper pirate ship to your 20 Mission Hive vendor for a special 10% discount on the coolest, most original items in San Francisco. That's 20 Mission Hive with eight vendors and like them on Facebook at 20 Mission Hive. 20 Mission Hive for awesome events and updates. Dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country, western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk. Come together with music from around the world with Buell's passion and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform radio for free minds. All right, here comes the theme song. Welcome to uh, Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube. Oh, I see what happened. Hang on a second. Uh, With Mike Spiegelman. We have a great theme song. You guys want to hear it? Uh, Hang on a sec. Let me do that that again. All right. All right, let me try this way. Oh, yeah, they're totally not rocking. Huh. All right. Well, welcome. Let me try this here. Uh, screw it. We don't need a theme song. My name is Mike Spiegel, and welcome to Let's Watch, a full-length movie on YouTube, a uh, weekly movie show. And I'm very excited to have with uh, your special, my special co-host today, my brother, Adam Spiegelman. Hi, Adam. Hey, girl. <laughs> uh, Adam okay. Spiegelman is the, uh, has been running a great podcast called Proudly Resents, and it is the cult movie podcast. It's been going on for 16 years. 16 going on 17, my friend. Wow. Going more like going on 30, you know? Okay. You know what I'm saying? No, I've been doing it actually forever. Yeah, like six years. Um, yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. But one day I'll, I'll hit my stride. <laughs> it'll, figure, it'll figure itself out. Uh, but you've had some great, uh, 
people should check out proudlyresents.com and uh, you can see highlights of interviews Adam's done as well as discussions of several movies uh, and why don't we start our movie right now Adam uh, let's start this podcast in earnest uh, if you guys here's how it works go to YouTube desktop laptop tablet phone type in today's movie and watch it with us uh, so today's movie what's today's movie Mike slap, let me find it slapstick of a different kind it might be another kind but slapstick of a different kind I'm gonna of go another ahead. kind another kind it's it's under two different names slapstick of another kind part one or is it full movie we want full movie uh, go ahead and Can talk who, who posted it I don't know yet. Mallory guy one. Here, go ahead and talk. I'm going to go type it in to YouTube myself. All right, that's fantastic. So we're looking to find out slapstick of another kind, Jerry Lewis movie. Who posted it? So you have the same person, and we'll do like a clap thing. There is a 120 version minute version, so I assume that's the one we want to use. I'll click it. Oh yeah. So it says uh, Mick Mallory guy Oops. one. Which one we're looking yeah, at? Yeah, so M O W E R guy one. All right, that sounds good. So I have a head. Let me see. Let's click it. Uh, there's no ads on this. I have buffering right now. I'll pause it once it starts, and then we could start at the same time. It's that still sounds fantastic. Hey, can I just plug my show? I did a, an interview with uh, this guy Alan Sachs, who directed this movie I watched as a kid called Dubidio. It's like a L.A. punk rock movie, and he had all these great punk rockers in it playing small parts and. Ray Sharkey starting it. So not only the story of that movie is awesome, but he co-created Welcome Back Carter. Um, he discovered the band uh, Unlocking the Truth and that documentary about them. He's the crazy guy in the movie, or the one they portray to be the crazy guy. So that, he kind of gives an update on what's going on there. That's the most fascinating that. aspect, I don't know, that interview is that he is cast right now as the bad guy of these young kids' dreams. And uh, you got to talk to him about this project he did during the 80s. As well as, he, he runs the gamut of different cultural uh, aspects. As he points out, as he's proud to point out, that uh, he was there for, from rock and roll all the way up to uh, these, kid, these young kids and their, their hip-hop. Or whatever they're rock and roll yeah but um and then so um, uh it's premature but i might be doing this we will do a screening in la of his movie so uh follow me on twitter at proudly resents so as soon as uh, that happens that sounds great that's a great a whole movie fest. i'll tweet the hell out of it so yeah it's a terrific movie and that sounds like a lot of fun uh, so if you're in los angeles go ahead uh follow him anyway at proudly resents and he'll get you an update so by this point we are ready to start the movie you ready i gotta pause the so, zero uh, one what did you do a one two three click yeah one two three click all right cool my speakers work modern entertainment which is ironic because i'm sure this movie is like a hundred years old corny or whatever and there's a question mark out there, entertainment, which I appreciate. Uh, Legally, they had to put that in there. So that looks like a Legally. UFO. Is there narration going on? I can't hear it. Oh, there's closed captioning on this one. I hope it works. Sometime. Oh, it's a man and a woman. They're arguing. I've never heard a narrator argue with the other narrator. Well, you, didn't, you didn't see the movie Tomorrowland, where uh, they, they can't start the movie without arguing? Like everyone else, I have not seen the movie Tomorrowland. Oh, I thought you were a bad movie buff. <laughs> <laughs> There's some movies you I just won't see. Yeah, you have to bring your child into that movie to justify watching it. Oh, your poor child. So, 
this is great. We get to introduce the characters by looking into deep space. Well, this is right out of um, It's a Wonderful Life when they talk to Clarence the Angel. It saves special effects, too. A couple of blinking lights and... Uh, when God would talk, a light would blink, and then when uh, yeah, yeah. Well, the excuse there was that it was a black and white movie, and you know the only thing they did was do that thing with the moon when the spaceship hits its eye. So I think they're a little bit more advanced by this movie came out. That's the thing about these movies is that you would figure if this takes place in 1982, it would be like a modern movie and not look like something shot in 1960 or 70s in this case. There he well, is. So, there's Jerry. There's the man. In a waiting room, he's obviously waiting. How do you know you're impatient? Well, you're your hair. <laughs> you know? He's telling the director, I got this. I got this. I'll act impatient in the waiting room. Oh, there he is on TV as well. So, uh, oh, this is backstory. So it's like a Rona Barrett, like an old gossip columnist. This guy is freaking old. It's a fat version of Jerry Lewis. It's so weird. Huh? No, that's an old, that's an old uh, vaudevillian character actor, that guy. He's like a contemporary of Charlie. Of Jerry, I mean. Wow. So he's playing a famous person like he did in that movie. Um, come on. The Slapstick? Oh, well, uh, uh, King of Comedy. He did King of Comedy, and then he did another movie in the 90s called Slapstick, which is a really decent movie about an Australian... Uh, performer who's not as good as his father, Jerry. And Jerry comes in and gives him a very scathering... Called, that was an amazing movie. I, wait, I don't think it's called Slapstick. I'm pretty sure it's called Slapstick. I'm, I'm IMDb in it. But that was a great film. Yeah, that's a really good movie. And he was good in so that. Anyway, we're missing exposition, Mike. We'll never know what's going on. Well, it's a good thing, because I don't know what's going on, other than the lamp is the most exciting shot in this, this scene. We need more lamps. Oh, Give me that lamp. Right. The janitor is taking photographs. Oh, it's a '80s joke. Just in a movie called uh, "The The Trust," "To Luck Do Us Part Part 2 <laughs> "Curious George the Monkey." Yeah. Uh, hold he on. Played the monkey. Funny Bones, it was called. Funny Bones, not slapstick. Sorry, you're absolutely right. I but I, yeah, I definitely I, worse. 1995. I saw that in the theater. There's Oliver a, Platt. Yeah, the, but he's not the the Lee Evans is the guy who's kind of the the great breakout star of that. Oh, Lee Evans is great in that movie. Yeah. So Jerry Jerry did a bunch of movies like acting that are just horrible. I mean, we have this movie, which is so far I'm completely lost. And he did another movie with Johnny Depp called Arizona Dreams, which the full length movie is available on YouTube. I can't do it to anybody. It's it's such a bad movie. Is this guy jerking off? He's uh, he stuck his dick in a glory hall, and he's regretting That's it. What it looks like. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh no! And look at the doctor just nodded. Yes, trucks up. I would never put my dick in a glory hall because I know that it could be a milking machine and that won't stop until <laughs> if that old <laughs> farmer's daughter's I'm joke taught me anything. Get that joke. Well, Mr. Show uh, did a great musical based on that joke. It made oh, my really? day. Yeah, they had Jack Black singing about whatever you do, don't stick your dick in the third hole. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's pretty good. And it was one, one of those meta jokes where I knew the original joke, so I was like on cloud nine. You know, I got, I got it on both levels. Uh oh, Jerry's gonna fall down the window! It's the start of the pansy. If he freezes and they run the credits, it's the patsy. 
Nope, oh, he no, falls into the paint. paint of the screen, and now the credits start. So what? He jumped out of the window because his he he had a kid. He had three kids, maybe. I would jump out of a window if I found out I had three kids. Marty Feldman's in this movie. Oh, there's a lot of people in this movie. I mean, I, I was taking a look. It never played. Uh, Psychotronic Video Guide says that it never played theatrically in the states, but it did play in West uh, Germany. Which makes on a Kurt Vonnegut book. Yeah, you know, Kurt Vonnegut has a, a long history of awful movie ad- adaptations. Most recently, Breakfast of Champions with Bruce Willis, which I don't know if you know this. Yeah. He owns that movie. Bruce Willis actually owns the rights to that movie. Jim Backus is in this film. Sam Fuller, the director. Uh, I don't know if you know, oh, Sam Fuller, yeah. the director. Yeah. Oh. I just saw the big red one this morning, actually. Hello, oh, have, and the movie. We have guest starring Merv Griffin. They don't appear in the second movie yet. That's why they're guest starring in this movie. Pat, Pat Morita. So wait, there's two movies? <laughs> why else would they have a guest starring credit? I don't, I, it's so weird they always do that. Yeah, TV movies, they do that all the time. Special guest stars. Like, well, everyone's a guest star. You're right. <laughs> Ooh, special effects by an actual corporation. There's some, uh, looks like we got a real movie happening tonight. It's, they, I wish the camera would stay still. Well, it's panning around all the craziness that's happening in the hospital. We're going to do a one-track shot, says uh, Jerry Lewis. Right. Is and that the- a woman or a puppet? <laughs> oh, my eyes can adjust all the weirdness. I just made my screen full screen. Oh, there's Jerry covered oh, in paint. Covered in brown paint, even though he fell in red paint. Yeah, well, you know, he's he likes brown face humor. The more racist. So Madeline gone to 15. She just had a kid. Is that what's happening? I when think so. When you're 30, so. there could be issues. Oh, that is Madeline Kahn. You thought that was a puppet. And then that guy's beard is ridiculous. Now he's a secret agent. No, no, he's a secret agent. He's an agent with cameras, hidden, tiny cameras hidden everywhere. How do you know this? I just saw it. <laughs> it was on TV. He has a camera on the broom. See, look at that. Transistor got radio. Got... 80s movies are really racist when it comes to Asians. Oh, my God. I was just watching um, Defending Your Life last night. And there's some really racist parts. But it's about defending your life. Oh, that's the, the the comedy, right? Albert Brooks? Albert Brooks, yeah. I have a weird relationship with that movie. At the time, my VCR wasn't working, and every time I rented a movie, this is when I was in Boston, uh, it would flicker. It would, like, constantly track and track and track, you know, and I couldn't do anything about it, so I watched Defending Your Life and Barton Fink uh, like that, and it just ruined the movies for me. That's great. You should have lived with that story, <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm gonna try that story out for American Life. For Mortified. And then there's <laughs> freaking flickering. Every TV, there's a lot of TVs on in this movie, and they're all flickering. Well, I, I know that actually. I learned that in Monkar High. It's because the uh, camera, cinema film is 34 uh, frames per second, and it's different on television. So when they show people watching TV, you have to show the television at a different frame rate so it goes through the TV otherwise it looks amateurish oh look at that right, <laughs> I'm completely that. silent because I don't know what's going on there's like a garish oh there's Merv Merv I look, I look Merv Griffin playing a, a TV personality 
Well, I mean, they probably just asked him to walk next door to the other sound studio for 20 minutes and shoot a scene. He's a, it's a, it's a TV newsroom and it's completely garish. The call letters look like it's uh, straight out of uh, I don't know, some boutique clothing store. Oh, it's like a movie version of a TV studio. Yeah, you kind of hide it in a little bit for comedic effect. Uh, so they're, uh, <laughs> it's a cooking show with men in suits. It's a rare dish. I hope it's stinky tofu. What is that? It's little people. Oh, hey, there's Pat Marino. Oh, there he is. What? He's like a tiny little person. How cool is this? <sighs> so Kurt Vonnegut said there's a Breakfast of Champions. But I, I was looking into the film director who made this movie. He's more of a producer now. He produces baby genius straight-to-DVD films. And, uh, but he... Sorry, uh, baby genius 2 starred Republican great Scott Baio. Oh, I didn't know that. I have to now add that movie. I'm trying to watch all his yeah. films. Oh, they're apt. terrible. They're really hard to watch. Roller Skate USA. Well, they're... Uh, actually, I have a quiz, Adam. I wrote down a list of the three DVD movies Baby Geniuses have made this year, uh, back in 2014. There's three of them. I'm going to give you four names, and I want you to guess which one I made up, okay? All right. I don't know where I put my fucking notebook. This thick game is over. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, shit. Oh, that was good. Fuck. Uh, yeah, I took anyway, it out. This film is a tiny um, Pat Morita in a bowl of noodles talking with two sumo wrestlers next to him talking to the TV studio. Well, he picked uh, a local network, too, to also give this speech. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go everywhere in Cleveland. You, you were, Adam, you are full disclosure. As a television producer, if someone said that I'm going to uh, uh, open up a dish of food on, on your television show, would you look inside beforehand or would you just let it be surprised when there's actually little people in there? I'm a terrible producer. I'll let it be surprised. <laughs> I'd trust that there was a... A miniature live emperor with two sumo wrestlers. High-fiving sumo wrestlers. They shouldn't have squeaked his voice because it's hard enough to know what's going on. Yeah, these closed captioning on YouTube is not helping me at all. It's just stopped. It's oh, giving up. Idea. So he fell in mud, Jerry Lewis, or he fell in red paint? He fell in red paint. There was a, a trough, an open trough of red paint to the ground floor uh, because these painters were painting a wall. Hey, I was looking at your website. You have a lot of good movies on there that you've watched. Yeah, oh, there's a lot of great movies on YouTube. And, you know, Adam, honestly, like, I, I've, you and I both memorize every single word from the Golden Turkey Awards book. There's a lot of movies you hear about, but you never, you read about, but you never actually see. And YouTube gives you the opportunity to see, say, Mother Goose a Go-Go, a film that I would just normally read about. So, you know, there's some great movies out there. And, uh, Ain't the internet grand. Isn't it great? What a great world we live in. Why don't we watch Mother Goose a Go-Go? Uh, we could. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a great storyline. It's a newlywed, and the, the groom can't get it up or whatever, because once he hears Mother Goose rhymes, he uh, faints. So a sexy therapist sprays him with LSD, and... Uh, then he watches cartoons about Mother Goose, and then everything's okay. Oh, and there's like a... a I watched the trailer. There's a weird rape scene where uh, 
this guy is playfully ripping the hem of a woman's dress. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, my God. But it was the 60s, uh-huh. you know. He was ripping her dress while she was bending over. Yeah. That was the joke. So right now we have, we're inside a building, which I think they're going to shoot most of the movie inside this building. I think they probably rented it out for the week and just figured it would be easier just to keep every scene inside here. But they're, they're doing something. It's still, these Asian oh, jokes are insane. This movie is long. <laughs> you just said we all look like the Asian guy. Yeah, well, yeah. Maybe to a round eye, right? I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to join along. Uh, so anyway, the director of this movie starred as an actor uh, in the uh, theatrical production of Kurt Vonnegut's play, Happy Birthday, Wanda June. And it made me, oh, there's Marty Feldman. Holy shit. He's just walking into this movie. Uh, but it just reminded me of, uh, there's another Kurt Vonnegut movie star- directed by an actor who appeared in a movie with Kurt Vonnegut. Do you know what actor I'm thinking of? Say again. This uh, director acted in a movie with Kurt Vonnegut, and he directed Mother Night, a Kurt Vonnegut movie with Nick Nolte. Uh huh. It was Keith Gordon Good. from uh, Back to School. Rodney's son, uh, Kurt Vonnegut oh, shows yeah. up as himself. He writes, yeah, yeah. yeah he writes Vonnegut writes uh, an essay on Kurt Vonnegut, and uh, he gets him a C. And there's a famous scene. Well, there's a famous scene where Kervonica shows up and takes the money. Uh, and then later, uh, Ronnie's on the phone. He's like, uh, fuck you, Kervonica. Your paper got me. He goes, your paper got me a C. And he goes, what? Well, fuck you. <laughs> it's like that. Like Kervonica tells him to fuck off. And so anyway, the son, Ronnie Dangerfield's son, Keith Gordon, later became a director and directed Mother Night, a Kervonica movie. There you go. Yeah. And there's also oh, Slaughterhouse-Five. This is a modest house. Nice smoggy view out there in the background. Yeah, it's L.A. back in the day. So th- this is uh, Los Angeles, you think? Yeah, where else would it be? Uh, San Canada. Francisco. Oh, San Francisco. We have mountains. <laughs> we, we have. We have Carl the Fog. We have Carl the Fog. <laughs> Oh, by the way, San Francisco today, they had a uh, San Francisco marathon, and it took me forever to get here. It's a very serious marathon. For example, you have to wear clothing. uh, (laughs) Cock rings do not count as clothing. You you can't wear costumes. Costumes do not count. And uh, you you have to be sober. You can't be drinking. So no no one likes this marathon. Yeah, it's bullshit. If you can't drink at a marathon, where can you drink? Well, there's a famous Beta Breakers marathon where you dress up in costume where you just go naked and you just get drunk and you, and you walk, run the whole race. Yeah, one time I came up to see you and I stayed in a hotel and it just happened to be right the view of the Beta Breakers and I wake up Sunday morning and I open the window and there's naked people running by my window. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. But they're not technically naked because some have cock rings. There's a, a movement in Castro to walk around naked and opponents say, listen, you're not really walking around naked if you have a cock ring, you know? You can't say you're walking naked when you're obviously fetishizing it. A flying well, UFO, spaceship. spaceship. ILM, uh, this is their first job. The special effects of this. The butler locked out Mary, Madeline Kahn. He's the worst butler. 
Uh, Jerry Lewis is getting wow, chased. That's the worst special effect. <laughs> like, not since Evil Tunes have I seen such a cool world oh, look Evil better Tunes. than this. Evil Tunes. Evil Tunes, by the way, should be recalled Evil Tune. Because they just had one, one tune. tune. Yeah, complete rip off. Oh, you know, there's a movie uh, I talked about on my show last week uh, Prison of the Dead. And I went to look for a um, trailer of Prison of the Dead. And there's a movie called, like, the Reborn, The Dead Reborn. Uh-huh. They took footage from Prison of the Dead and made it and put it in this film and made it look like the, the guy's watching a reality show. And the reality shows this other movie. What a g- awful, awful idea. <laughs> so you could take so a. Yeah, Corman used to do that. He would Roger Corman would get these uh, Russian science fiction movies, and he would uh, redub them and add different scenes and release them as two different movies. Uh, and they're just they're awful. Well, actually, one movie, uh, the intro outro was uh, directed by Peter Bandanovich. So if you're a completist, you have to see that movie. But uh, I never heard of taking another person's movie and passing it off as a reality show in another movie. That's definitely a first. Yeah, well, you can tell it's obviously not a union film. And neither were um, Baby Geniuses. Baby Geniuses, which I have a list somewhere. It's, I yeah, probably I put met it a guy room. who's been four and five, and he wanted to come on the show, but um, he just kept saying, oh, it was non-union, it was non-union, and he got in trouble with the union. Huh. We worked with John Voigt, who I guess is allowed to do non-union stuff. So John Foyt is the one remaining star in, these, in the series, I guess. I have no idea about the direct-to-DVD. I'm not surprised that they have a series of them. I just didn't realize that they continued the brand. That's uh, Bob Clark's last movie. Yeah, the guy did uh, Porky's. Porky's and Black Christmas. And? And A Christmas Story. Sure. Yes. And From the Hip. Jed Nelson? Yeah. That from the hip? I'm pretty sure that was a Bob Clark production. All right, so anyway, uh, Pat Morita's back, and he's just talking. Yeah, his voice is so squeaked up that I, I really can't hear it. Yeah, they should have done that. Well, I obviously get the idea, but it was a bad idea. Sorry, I was up all night. Oh, were you? Um, you know, my two-year-old decided to get up at... Two years old? Midnight. She's two next week. I know. It's exciting. Bring a gift. Oh, yeah, so yeah. So we were up for hours. And two in the morning, she's like, Toast? I want toast? <laughs> toast? So I think we fell asleep around four. Oh, that's crazy. Well, it's your fault for bringing up the concept of toast to your toddler. Oh, my God. I opened up Pandora's box. Pandora's toaster. Pen toast. So, uh... I guess here's the nursery. See, I told you, they're not going to leave this house ever again. They're just going to be... The rest of this movie is going to be shot inside the interiors of a mansion that we don't give a shit about. But they're sleeping in giant cribs, him and his wife, separate giant cribs. And I think... like a hot nurse. I read the novel years ago, and they're brother and sister, I'm pretty sure. Uh. But they're like... Wait, uh, is, he Mitch too? is he Minnie also? They they are they are super intelligent aliens twins that were birthed through a human on Earth, 
and uh, the premise is that they're super intelligent together, but they're dumb as posts otherwise, separated, they're useless. When are we supposed to find that out? I just told you. <laughs> oh, is that how that movie works? Yeah. Yeah, the usher comes up to you and explains the plot. Yeah. If I was to make a movie, I would do that. I would make sure that a movie is completely airless and uh, unfollowable. It reminds me a lot of Leonard Part 6, the, the, the set. I don't know if it's Part 7, right? Part 6? Part 6. So he has a wacky mansion with a lot of crap in it, and this kind of reminds me of it. I'm looking at the poster, and there's pictures of um, of Charlie Chaplin and Laurel and Hardy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if their estates approved of it, or maybe it's, it's like really a fan bizarre. poster. But then the description is a rich, beautiful couple. All right, slow down. They give birth to deformed alien twins who when their heads are together, are the smartest kids on the planet. All right, so there you go. They, they're true to the book. You know, you'll say, like, oh, Kurt Vonnegut, his novels are uh, unfilmable. Yes, and yeah. I would say yes. Yes, they are. <laughs> well, how about yes. that? You're right. You're correct. Slaughterhouse-Five, Plastic. Do you know the original 1982 cut of the movie features score by Michael Lengron? And you know who wrote this? Michael Lengron. Um, <laughs> submitted by right the original bird composer when the movie was re-edited subsequently re-released in 84 it was replaced with a more science fiction lay score um, the soundtrack LP was released containing one side score by Stevens and the other side of the new score <laughs> there's too much shit in the world so there's an oh, album of this a soundtrack of this movie that makes sure that it has two soundtracks on it, one that was never released for a movie that no one's seen. Right. So right now they're doing some crazy stick. They got uh, they're dancing together and they have a lot of makeup on, so their faces look like you know Michael Jackson on a good day, I guess. And uh, all right, party, champagne toast. I guess they're in a different part of the par house. This is where they tell jokes. They get the party guests tell jokes to each other while dancing. They'll say like, "Oh, my uncle got fired as a zookeeper for feeding the squirrels." Oh man, that's a bummer scene. What? Who did he feed it to? Or whatever. Like laughing is what I'm trying to say. For feeding the squirrels to the lions. To the lions. Right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's the joke. I got that from Uncle Floyd. It looks like um, Rocky Horror Picture Show, doesn't it? Oh, uh, yeah, the the partying? Well, that would be a great yeah, pleasant surprise. That's the telephone. Some party. The party stops the moment the phone through. rings. So I don't know who Marty Feldman is playing. He's the best, sir. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure what's going on right now. I, I'm honestly at a loss. We're at 24-28 in the movie. Uh, this, I think there are a Did couple. Did you really fail on a movie or no? She's doing what? You ever just bail? Wow, she's hot, man. Like, on. 
Well, I don't know, we could bail on it, but the whole idea of, the, of this podcast is that there's <laughs> no, some bad movies we'll that you can't you can't sit through, and I want to make sure we sit through it. That's why we have a podcast. You can listen to a podcast and watch this movie. That's how you can make it oh through. Oh my god! Oh my god! Eat glass. So, so I guess they play two characters, right? So Jerry and Madeline are a, a couple that do each other, and they produce twins that look exactly like each other, and the twins don't do each other. A beautiful, beautiful couple. A uh, beautiful couple. Yeah, l- listen, seriously, a beautiful couple. <laughs> Jerry Lewis, man, he's the original Donald Trump. When when Jerry gets serious, he's uh serious. It's an important it. shot. I love how he talks, Jerry, when he gets serious. He was on a lot of good Merv Griffin. There's a Merv Griffin box set that has a bunch of Jerry uh, visits. And Jerry's there chain-smoking. Talking serious, and then uh, Merv will say, "We'll be right back." And Jerry will do like some gag where he drinks, sips a glass of water, but he gets the entire glass stuck in his mouth. You know, like for the commercial break. But then he's serious the rest of the time. Yeah, he's totally serious, but you know, he makes sure the camera lingers on him before they go to a shot. All right, so finally, the payoff: the alien kids are touching their heads. And their lights are there. They have some band in their head that's causing lights to go off. And then there's a set designer flashing a giant light off screen that's going through the uh, the set. I'd pay good money for this movie. Why was he still making movies? <laughs> when was um, Hardly Working made that we reviewed on my show, Proudly Resents? Hardly working. What was that made? Eighty four. That was eighty, I think. Oh, I think so it was. Did let him make another movie? Yeah. So he um, he he did uh, Smorgasbord as well during the eighties, right? That was cracking up. <sighs> but he this film like if King of Comedy was eighty three and this film finally hit video in eighty four. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, he did a movie called Arizona Dreams, which is even worse than this movie with Johnny Depp. And he's serious Jerry in that. And he did Funny Bones, which we love. But I don't think, uh, other than his own movie cracking up... Oh, he did... Jerry did a movie in Germany about being a cop in 84, I noticed, while I was digging around. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it was It was really strange. It might have been a French production. It was a, it was a foreign production, let me put it that way, with Jerry Lewis as a cop. And, I, I, and his character's name was Jerry, of course. Right. Oh, so here's the Air Force One, and you could tell because the president has an oversized red phone and a Statue of Liberty in his uh, wing. And I think he's talking about jelly beans. I think this is probably political humor part. And you know who the president had? You see who that Love is? Me. Oh, Magoo, you've done it again. Do you, you prefer the millionaire or Mr. Magoo or James Dean's father when it comes to Jim Backus? Or James it's a, Dean's father. James Dean's father, yeah. Where Jim Backus has like a, a apron and, he's, and he has a tray of cookies or whatever he's going to give his son and his son tells him to fuck off and he goes, I don't understand you. Right? Yeah. You're, you're tearing me apart. The whole time you're thinking, oh, that's uh, Mr. Magoo. Yeah. <laughs> Hard to get over that. Mr. Magoo is great. It's like a white racist character. 
you know like every cartoon yeah. character is a is a race is, is an ethnic stereotype and then they're like well let's make fun of uh dementia while we're at it yeah why not let's get it all in there mr magoo uh, the movie have you ever seen that leslie nielsen no i didn't see that I have. Oh, it? It's good. I mean, it's directed by a Hong Kong director whose name I forgot. It was a Disney movie, and it's a lot of set pieces. It's a, one of those like weird '90s comedy. Uh, speaking of comedy, what? the kids are uh, playing with their food. Jerry's doing some uh, slapstick of another kind, like not funny. So, yeah, <laughs> how many kinds of slapstick are there? The slapstick. And I wouldn't even consider like Abbott Costello or uh, Laurel and Hardy slapstick necessarily. There's a food fight where uh, with a bunch of actors in the room. Yeah, it's fun with the kids with their heads together. <laughs> so this would be outrageous if this wasn't inside a, ho- a house with nobody else watching. I mean, who gives a shit? <laughs> I love Marty Feldman though He's covering in food He has a nice slow burn going Slow burn is the best Yeah he can do all that stuff So well So he comes across These guys just I mean it just seems like They went into a sound stage Set this up And then just had the three actors In the room While they made a mess Yeah well there's curtains In the background It's clearly like Yeah it's some other kind of set No one will notice This is one of my favorite things About bad films when they do something ridiculous and they're like, well, no one will notice. Yeah. We just have shower curtains right. around. Yeah, there's the scene with the food fight scene. They happen to have like uh, plastic curtains all around, draped around the room. It could be the same studio they shot the TV studio stuff in. But what a coincidence yeah. that when they pull out the, gar- the hose that they happen to have uh, plastic curtains in the room anyway. Right, right. All right, so now we are in Amish country. Do you think this is shot in California, though? I don't know. Like, when we saw Hardly Working, there was a lot of scenes in Florida where, like, the wind was gusting and Jerry's weird hair was flying around. So he'll shoot anywhere. We're watching uh, adult... We're watching the parents right now. There's uh, George W. Bush. Yep, they're not going to leave the mansion. It's just cheaper to set it up there. Yeah, I think like, you know, just have the story run its course inside one location. Let's just do a story about this uh, nanny. So the babies are idiots unless their heads are together, but they're babies. They're babies played by adults. And that their parents are also played by the same actors. Sounds good. Really I approve. Good. I I agree. I check this off. Sign in the movie studio. Huh. So they're coming back to whatever. I have a feeling this movie already knows what it wants to do. It's just going to run its course. What course is that? 
I don't know. It doesn't matter. They already know what they're going to do with this movie. So whether or not it makes any sense or if it's watchable is, is debatable. I mean, I don't remember. I, I mean, I kind of remember this book. It's just kind of an allegory about something. You know, I mean, it's, it's not a... It's a metaphor. It's not meant to be literally shot, you know... But I love Cherry's makeup, though. The, the rubber nose on his face is really... Uh... Noticeable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's bad. You want to bail on this movie, is what you're saying? We can put out a different movie? No, no, no. I mean, we've got to watch some of it for two hours. Yeah. You know, who am I? Who am I to judge? Well, if I can figure out how to get the uh, sound working again on, on the computer, I can... We could look up YouTube videos of Jerry during the time. <laughs> You know, I have to admit, Jerry Lewis is like the last living legend we have. One of the last. And the fact that people should be grateful the guy's still alive and, and check out his movies. You know, you shouldn't go see a Jerry Lewis movie because he passed away. You should check him out right now. Beginning well, with Slapstick. He, uh, which ones did you see? Well, it's just, I mean, ironically, this movie, of course. But, I mean, sincerely, uh, oh, I like his... Uh, the bellboy you know the workaholic films he did where he just kept cranking them out uh patsy uh cinderella is funny uh the films that he directed are, are worth watching for sure i mean some of the 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 stunts the slapstick stunts are are pretty innovative and uh you know he, he has a distinct comic personality and and uh it's fun to watch i mean and he's done a lot of misfires you know and uh even those are kind of fun to watch. So, uh, like big swing, big swing. Like you take a big swing, like a yeah. big chance. Yeah, he oh, absolutely. Like he'll he'll miss, you know, or he'll uh, there'll just be something off about it. He did a movie called Which Way to the Front, uh, which is probably one of his last big movies uh, for Warner Brothers, and it's a World War Two movie where. Uh, he happens Jerry is a millionaire and he has a black uh, chauffeur named Lincoln and him and Link go to uh, world, go to Germany because he looks like a, a German uh, official and uh, he meets Hitler and Hitler's played by uh, this Jewish vaudevillian actor who plays him like as a Yiddish guy and even that's kind of fun to watch you know it's bizarre uh, but he, he as a director used to do these crazy little stunts like I remember one movie they're watching a in-flight film and there's some turbulence and as the as the plane itself would move the image in the f image in the film would move with it you know that's kind of clever right right yeah, i'm not yeah, impressing you with jerry but jerry has, he has so many moods and he's done so many things for one person and good and bad and i just think like you could just look at one one moment in his life and just be fascinated and there's hundreds of moments in his life that are just fascinating you know I mean he was like I love like no point of people like these are babies the babies are destroying the house and they're like we don't know what to do because they're giant people dressed like babies <laughs> like in real life not that I'm the world's greatest dad but if your kid is doing it you just grab him I would take the gun kid, oh he breaks the gun yeah so oh they're aliens so do you think I love that's, Marty Feldman though He's reading a book He's been reading that book All movie He just I wish he would lend me the book He didn't realize He's being shot During that scene <laughs> <laughs> He's so good 
So how come Marty Feldman's funny in this movie and Madeline Kahn and Jerry Lewis aren't? I think he's just given the right role. I mean, they're given the thankless, impossible, self-indulgent, shitty role. Yeah. He's just so perfect, I guess. I mean, he's made so many bad movies, but he's always good in them. He's uh, he's he's made a lot of films as director himself, right? He did a parody of those old uh, World War One desert westerns, the O East West, whatever it's called. God, I wish I could oh, remember. I saw it. It's funny. I mean, it's big and silly. Spike Mulligan's in it. Oh, that's funny. Well, this is big and silly. Oh, he's looking right in the camera, Jerry. He's shaking the camera. He broke the fourth oh, wall. God. Now everything's sped up. Oh, they're going to spray mace uh, on him, and I can tell because the uh, chambermaid showed up with tell? it. Because they have a big aerosol that says the word mace on it. Oh, if you think so. So he's spraying these babies with mace. That's hilarious. That's actually <laughs> what I do as a parent. <laughs> Daddy mace. So he's like um, Riff Raff. Yeah, right? maybe. Uh, Rocky Horror. Did Riff Raff used to spray their guess, his guests with mace? Yes, you didn't see that? No, I, I didn't really see the Have you movie. seen Shock Treatment, the sequel to Rocky Horror Picture Show? Oh, yeah, sure. If you have FX Movie Channel, that's all they show. Fox Movie Channel, they show that movie like once a day. It's good. It's a different movie, yeah, it's but it's good. Movie. They do that gag again just now where they're holding up the broken portrait where the face has popped out with their face in it. Yeah, right, and to the camera, no less. So this is some Back to the Future type special effects. You have Jerry and Madeline as parents in the same room as Jerry and Madeline as space alien baby twins. And guess what? You can tell that it's shot at different times. <laughs> shot at different years almost. Yeah, the, the parrot scenes are shot during the daytime with the natural sunlight on Madeline's shoulders. Wait, this is 15 years after the kids were born and they're still babies? Is that what it is? I think so. Or they still treat them like babies. I thought they said 15 years later. Oh, now they're getting dressed. I'm very excited. Oh, oh wow. They're, they're, wearing, they're dressing like adults. They're not going to leave the mansion. Without touching their heads. This is the worst episode of Down Abbey ever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, the sexy, even the sexy French maid's not really that... Here nor there. Yeah, speak for yourself. <laughs> oh, oh this is so boring. <laughs> so, uh, well, what's uh, the best movie you've done on your podcast so far? What do you oh, honestly, I recommend Ratfinka Boo Boo. I'm unabashedly a fan of that movie. Oh, you love that movie. I really do. It's like a, a stalker movie for half its time, and then it just becomes a Batman and Robin surfer. Uh, music video just every hodgepodge of uh, 60s uh, pop culture during that time just shows up in this hour long movie it's great it's an hour long 67 minutes wow yeah I have uh, I, I you know if anyone wants to send me a tweet I'm at at Spiegelmania I don't have anything set up for the podcast but I'm always looking for good movies uh, full length movies on YouTube uh, I, and I've actually 
did see two films that I, I would rather not do for the podcast, but I would kind of recommend them. And I'm a little hazy, but there was a, a cartoonist from the 70s, a French guy, like a heavy metal National Lampoon type of guy. And he made two animated movies during the 70s that like Bill Murray and some other people did the voices for. And uh, I went ahead and saw them and they're just racist piece of shit. <laughs> so I don't really want to, I don't really want to say about it, but I was happy to see them on YouTube, you know. What was the movie? I don't remember. Is that great? I don't recall. It's two different films. One takes place in the jungle, and the other one, I guess, doesn't. And the other one doesn't. Yeah, I, you know what? I don't even know why I brought it up. I don't. I don't remember anything about it. I mean, not the. What? Uh, how do I find it? Uh, go to, to IMDb. Bill Murray. It should be listed. It's mentioned in the Bill Murray, the big book of Bill Murray. They talk about the two animated films. Because there, there was there was a time when uh, like you know the heavy metal the movie uh, was voiced by like John Candy and uh, Harold Ramis and they were giving out voice work to to various people like you can see your Saturday Night Live. Uh, Bill Murray and who else? Uh, and these cartoons, I th- all I know is Bill Murray. They're like one one word uh, titles. Oh, do you know he was in Groundhog's Day? Who? Bill Murray. Who do you play? I'm kidding. I don't know. <laughs> uh, do you play the arrogant jerk that everyone likes? Was he? Was it? We said one word. Yeah. Meatballs. <laughs> no. <laughs> stripes. It's not stripes. Stripes. No. Caddyshack. That is one word, but no. Ronnie Dangerfield. It's not easy being me. Was it BT Rock? It might be BC Rock. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like a cartoon wacky movie with like, I'm a average guy, caveman, right? Yeah, that's it. And then he did another one. I think it begins with the letter P. Ed. Oh well, you (laughs) narrowed it down for me. Let's see. Caddyshack. Pussy. Pripes. Pripes. Peatballs. Um. Where the Buffalo Room, Mike Mondo video, which is great. Coming Attractions? No, it's, which is a good movie. Who did that? It was a, um, like Dan Aykroyd. It was a, kind of like That's Entertainment for like uh, bad movies. And uh, they would have segments hosted by like Dan Aykroyd or whatever. And they would show just like scenes to, of bad movies. And it came out in no, the early no. 80s. Hey, people, this is the Flat Black Plastic Show for you. Enjoy. You're tuned into MutinyRadio.fm.
drink some beer, smoke some pot, snort some coke and then drive, drive on 55, cause it's a sunny heaven weekend, yeah it's a big man's day. Many people eat the salad with their fingers, picking up chunks of fruit like a, a rooster pecks the corn. I first break two clean, chilled heads of romaine into a salad bowl. I then thinly sliver hikama, a large grayish-brown root vegetable with a sweet flavor. We need about a, a cup of slivers or thin strips and then peel, seed and thinly slice a cucumber and half a red onion too. I dice half a bell pepper and thinly slice a peeled orange. I arrange all these ingredients on the bed of romaine. I then make a simple dressing of one half cup olive oil, third of a cup of red wine vinegar or lime juice and one half teaspoon of salt. I drizzle this over the fruits and lettuce just before I serve it. Even though fingers are traditional, I happen to provide forks for my guests. The enchiladas, rice and salad make a lovely meal, but I usually wrap a dozen or more corn tortillas in foil and heat them in the oven for about 20 minutes. These make a good addition to the meal. They taste great with butter melting on them. Now, the Mexicans traditionally drink beer with their meals, Dos Equis or Carta Blanca, some of the outstanding Mexican beers. But a Sangria Blanca could be served with this. 
To make a sangria blanca, you merely macerate a sliced orange, banana, and a sliced quarter of a pineapple in a large glass pitcher with two bottles of white wine, four tablespoons full of sugar, and then when it's time to serve it, I add a cup of brandy or Cointreau and serve it all in tall glasses over ice garnished with fruit. It's a charming, authentic addition and delicious too. After a meal with chili peppers and warm sauces, I always like something cool and refreshing. On my last trip to Guadalajara, I enjoyed an amusing dessert at a lovely outdoor cafe after a superb meal of spit-roasted lamb. The sun was just sinking behind the hills after a sultry, steamy Mexican day. I was pleasantly surprised when my waiter brought out cantaloupes cut in quarters and filled with scoops of vanilla ice cream and lemon sherbet. He produced a bottle of Kahlua and one of banana liqueur and poured both of them over the sherbet and the ice cream. I was a little apprehensive, but believe me, the combination was divine. He also doused my piping hot coffee with Kahlua and dropped in a couple of cinnamon sticks. Needless to say, I was virtually enchanted. Now your guess will be too. Light every candle in the house and strew fresh flowers everywhere. Invite your most entertaining friends particularly those who have a guitar, and have a fiesta of la cucina mexicana. Ole!
I went 